What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. Welcome to a new episode of The 30. Before we jump into things, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it, we are there. And of course, check out libertyballers.com for all your Sixers needs throughout the offseason and as we get into training camp coming up later in September. Joining me for this one, a man behind a lot of the magic that you hear on the audio side of things at Liberty Ballers, Steve Lipman. Steve, what is going on, my man? Jazz, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited that you're with us and I'm excited to be talking to you. All right, well, let's jump into this. We're excited to be doing this. Not exactly a totally exciting offseason so far for the Sixers and what's happening in no. Philly. Uh, the big news uh, happened late on, on Monday evening was they announced that they officially waived George Hill, uh, basically wiping off not the complete $10 million off the off the books, but about 8.8 if you look at what the guaranteed portion of his salary was. Now, they turned, they used that on a couple of different players. Andre Drummond, Joel Embiid's old friend, we all know about that, right? Living in his head rent-free. Mm-hmm. Also, they got George Nyang out of out of Utah. Let's start with the Drummond signing. Uh, interesting. Bottom at the minimum, so the value could be there in terms of you're not putting yourself up totally against the hard cap or anything. They're they're in a pretty good spot with that. But the fit, Steve. What do you think of Drummond joining this squad? And and what was your reaction when you first saw the news that that they were bringing him in? You know, my reaction, aside from the pure unadulterated shock of the Sixers having Andre Drummond now was to think about Daryl Morey's comments from after the draft last week, where he said specifically, for backup fives, we're looking for somebody that can either switch on the perimeter or shoot threes on offense. And Andre Drummond can do neither of those things, none of them. Like, he is good at what he's good at, but uh, neither of those things are counted on there. My second sort of overall takeaway to Drummond is that it underlines my current expectation and, and my expectation for months now that uh, ben Simmons won't be a sixer next year because we just saw how uh, unseemly the fit was between him and Dwight Howard, another non-shooting sort of plotting center. And I wouldn't expect it to be any better with Drummond. So, uh, you know, it, it's hard to even think about it in a vacuum because a Simmons trade has so many other dominoes that will fall. And I'm sure we'll partially talk about that, but like Drummond on a minimum to back up and be, is fine in a vacuum. Uh, I think that if Simmons is here for some reason, I think it's a bad signing because I don't think he helps Simmons and I don't think we should be sitting around expecting Simmons to improve the things that he hasn't improved yet. So uh, yeah, it's, it's confounding, uh, but to me will make more sense and, you know, get viewed in a different lens if and when Simmons is moved for a more traditional sort of perimeter option. Yeah, you 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 nailed that on the head when you're talking about what what Daryl had said after you know leading up just a few weeks ago. It's like, hey, we're looking to try and get somebody in 
who's going to be able to help space the floor, be switchable on defense. Like you mentioned, Drummond, neither of those uh, only spent 13 games played with Anthony Davis last season. Once he was, once he went over to the Lakers after being bought out uh, minus 3.4 net rating. When those two were on the court, if you watch the games, uh, clunky fit, and I'm not going to compare yeah. AD and uh, AD and Embiid totally, but they are guys you can play as stretch fives. Embiid has the range to hit from outside. Davis does as well. Uh, play mm-hmm. with their back to the basket, but it, yeah, the, the fit with Drummond next to him was was not not very appealing. So you're looking at this. Okay, you're getting a guy who's a backup center, probably going to be playing. 10, 12, 15 minutes a night, depending on Joel's health and depending on, on the game situation. So, you know, for me, you're looking at this and, and you mentioned Simmons. It's like, okay, you're going to have to run these two not playing with each other at all. Cause ain't no team going to defend that pick and roll. You know what I mean? They're going to go under it all day. If, if right. Andre Drummond setting the screen on, on Ben Simmons, man, and basically you're going to say, yeah, go ahead and, and dare you and try and shoot. And we'll just, we'll just sag off and, and, and play defense, uh, defense that way. And so when you're looking at, 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 at this move, um, even comparing to what we saw last season with the roster, do you see any positives of having Drummond on the roster? The positives that I see, because the other thing, by the way, when you were talking about, you know, play Drummond 15 minutes a game and you can just basically tether Embiid and Simmons. This is in a world where uh, Simmons, of course, is on the roster, but you tether Embiid and Simmons together. So Simmons and Drummond don't have to play together. The thing is, Embiid is almost sure to miss 20 games, uh, sort of conservatively. in that situation, your backup center is your de facto starter in those situations. Um, anyway, Drummond is, has an elite skill, you know, which I don't think they probably could have signed anybody else as a backup five who, five who had any elite skill. And he's an excellent, excellent rebounder. He can find you more possessions on offense and the Sixers offense can struggle and he can get putbacks and he can catch lobs and all of that sort of stuff, which I think can, can be a value add for this offense. And, you know, Dwight Howard would foul incessantly and, and goaltend and have a lot of text. And I don't think you'll have those sort of histrionic difficulties with Drummond. So uh, I do see Drummond as a less rim-protecting, sort of similar Dwight Howard with, with less of Dwight's patented buffoonery. Um, I don't think he's, like, uh, uh, valueless, and I think that he could absolutely – help this team it's just hard to see him helping this current team with the roster we're looking at when you're looking at the second signing that the Sixers made they've got George Yang coming in from from Utah pretty good value signing overall if you look at if you look at what he's going to bring they didn't have to use the complete mid-level they basically got him at roughly uh just over 3.3 million per season uh when you look at what he brings as as a backup for you know he's, he's played five seasons in the league uh, spent the last four of those with Utah contributed, started 10 games last season, averages uh, 16 minutes. Uh, again, not eye popping numbers, 6.9 points, 2.4 rebounds, but the shooting is something the Sixers desperately needed shot 42 and a half percent on 4.1 attempts per game from deep last year, over 40% shooter for his career. What do you think of his fit coming in? And do you think he kind of, again, we know the Sixers need some high end offense, but in the meantime, adding somebody like this who can come in off the bench and has the ability to, to hit some threes and, and, and maybe score 10, 12 points to help win you a game. Were you happy with the Yang signing at all? Yes. You know, I, I, he's a good player and he has a skill that will really help the team. He's played on winning teams. I, you know, who knows in a, in a playoff series against a top team, who knows how many minutes he'd end up playing, but to my eye, he holds up fairly well defensively. You know, he's thick enough to, stick with fours. And I think the jump shot is real. Um, The question I think becomes like, 
financially, what are the Sixers using on him? Because we have Kyle Newbeck of the Philly Voice who said that uh, he's using part of the non-taxpayer mid-level, mm-hmm. which would suggest that Danny Green is officially uh, not sticking around. Uh, and then Keith Smith uh, tweeted that the Sixers are basically deciding whether it is the biannual or the mid-level exception. So it seems like we're still gathering information on that. Uh, the player itself, I, you know, listen, he's replacing the walking dead and Mike Scott, and he can only be an addition uh, in that way. And I, I see him as a nice fit next to Joel. Uh, you know, he can keep the floor uh, open for him and, and I would be happy to have him. And, and it looks like they have a, a good value deal in terms of dollars and a couple of years. So yeah, I have no problem with it. I think he's going to help the team on the court. I'll ask you this, Steve, when, when you're looking at this right now, and again, they haven't made any, any major changes, obviously, you know, like you mentioned, they lost Dwight in free agency, uh, going to lose some other peripheral pieces at, at this point, you know, Danny Green, I don't think was peripheral, but I get that's not set in stone mm-hmm. yet. We don't, we don't know what's going to happen there, but when you're looking at this roster now, you know, roughly a week and a half, you know, after the draft now, we're, we're nine days after that, uh, two days into free agency, basically when you're looking at this roster, and we're not going to even compare it, not even comparing it to the Bucks, the Nets, what you're seeing around the East, the Bulls, uh, teams who have made moves. Do you think the Sixers are any better, even like minutely better at this point at all? Or is it just basically the same thing that we had last season and running it back with some outside changes? No, I don't, I don't really think that the moves thus far inspire much confidence over last season's team. You know, until I am certainly of the, um, school of thought that a, a massive change needed to be had uh, going from last season to this season. I mean, in his end of the year press conference, Maury said, you know, he was talking about some of the things that went into them losing game seven at home to Atlanta, which he still at the time couldn't believe. And at this time, I still can't believe. Um, but he also said in a pretty sober way that if you're squeaking past the second round, you're probably not good enough to win the title. And I don't see anything that's happened so far that would lead me to believe otherwise. I think they need, uh, pretty big improvements and also just some, some changes because things felt very stale towards the end of the year there. All right, Steve, we're going to take a short break here. I want to ask you about the reports that we got about Ben Simmons and and a few other things. Uh, We'll do that after a short break. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and we're back. Uh, Steve, we're, you know, we were discussing kind of where the Sixers are at in the pecking order. You mentioned not really moving the needle so far with the moves that they had. Obviously, the big fish that we're waiting for and the domino really that we're looking for waiting to fall is is Ben Simmons. Again, I think this is a, a extenuating circumstances in, sense, in the sense that this season with the with the cap, you know, only going up three and a half percent. You also have the fact that uh, the NBA, you know, financially obviously a down year with the pandemic, no fans in attendance, a bunch of other followed from that. But 
we're hearing now, and I think that 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 ultimately hurt in terms of having stars available, right? The only two guys that we've heard mm-hmm. that were going to, I mean, Russell Westbrook never was going to be a fit in, in Philadelphia, even if he, if in Philly, if he ever did become available. But if you're looking at, you know, Bradley Beal, again, looking like he's staying in Washington, you're also looking at uh, Damian Lillard, who I think there still could be an outside chance that gets sorted once he's back from the Olympics in Tokyo, but we'll keep our Me eyes too. on that. You know, yeah, because I, I just don't think that's going to happen yet, but you're looking at this and Ramona Shelburne of ESPN. She was on the jump earlier on, uh, on Tuesday. And she said, Sixers open to bringing Ben Simmons back. And she her her quote directly is, I think they prefer that. Where are you at with this whole thing with Ben Simmons? Cause I know, you know, we were talking with Dave yesterday early on the, uh, on the, the Twitter spaces that we were done mm-hmm. live in a deal. Where do you th- sit on the Ben Simmons thing? Like if they do bring him back, what are your expectations and how do you think that would play out? Man, I don't buy it at all. I don't buy the the Sixers. Oh, Ben Simmons, they'd love to have him back. Are you kidding me? We'll trade him, but only for the whole right to, you know, rights to the rest of the franchise. I don't buy it. Like, I, I don't think that there is a way that he's on the roster uh, at the beginning of the year next year. I think that, um, you know, they're at the point with Joel Embiid where they need to probably show him something, you know, and he just dragged his torn meniscus through a seven game series with the Hawks while his co-star had a bit of a meltdown on the court. And I don't think that um, we can really uh, wave those things away talking about Doc Rivers rotations or Dwight Howard's uh, inadequacies. I think that Simmons hasn't changed anything in his offensive game since he was drafted. And at a certain point that is unacceptable. Um, I wish they could make it work by finding a star, by trading Harris and a bunch of stuff. I don't think that's possible. I think Harris's contract makes that impossible. So I think the only way forward really is for the Sixers to trade Ben for the co-star that will hopefully retrofit this offense and and make things better around Embiid. And obviously his, his, uh, his uh, stock wasn't helped in the playoffs because of the series he had. But my guess has always been that, if he has to, Maury will attach things to Simmons to bring home the best possible player. I, I just can't imagine, uh, you know, there, there's also the off-the-court aspect of the city that he plays in. And there's also the aspect that Ben Simmons and Rich Paul are probably not thrilled about him playing in Philadelphia again. And, and Woj tweeted that, you know, Rich Paul and Simmons are in step with the move to find Simmons another home. So I think for everybody, uh, it, it makes sense to get him out of here. And the other thing I have always worried about is like, let's say this summer, they're not going to trade him for pennies. I would never thought they would. Mm-hmm. This summer, let's say uh, they can't find a deal for him that makes any sense. And, and it just doesn't make any sense. And he comes back next year. And guess what? He looks the exact same. Like, because if I'm another team, if I'm another GM, I'm thinking, well, if that series against Atlanta, when you're the one seed and, and you fail in that fashion, if that series wasn't an agent of change, then what would be? You know what I mean? Like, I worry that his stock would uh, not only, you know, not rise with a couple good weeks in the regular season, but go down. So I think that uh, all signs point to uh, them finding him a new home one way or another. I don't know how painful that will be. And, and that's sort of what we're all waiting to see. Well, when you're, when you're looking at that and, and you're mentioning, you know, they, you feel like they, they, they just can't, they can't run it back at this point. There's been too much damage. And, and we saw that, you know, like you mentioned, the city that he plays in coming back, they're having to deal with it. It's going to be a tough situation for him. You know what I mean? Unless he comes back and right. he's like, all of a sudden this, I don't want to say totally competent, but semi-efficient shooter 
Sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know what I mean? Like he comes in and he, he shows that because we saw that with Lonzo ball. And I'm not going to compare the two as, as players individually, because they're vastly different. But, you know, I remember like, why well, you know, when Lonzo came into the league, one of the issues was the guy can't shoot three pointers. You know what I mean? And he steadily mm-hmm. has improved into being a guy that has developed a jump shot, not nearly as bad as Simmons in terms of coming in and, and being trigger shy, but just the fact that he's improved roughly seven and a half percent overall since he came into the league. Again, I don't, I'm not saying Simmons can do that, but when you're, when you're looking at, when you're looking at, at this as a whole, and, and I think this is where it gets interesting for Maury, the Sixers and really the city of Philly too, is, uh, you know, I was talking about this before we hit the break, the market. And, and you're looking mm-hmm. at it and, and it's like, okay, like, I, I, you know, you said that, that you think that it'll take, you know, maybe we'll get some movement on the Lillard front when he gets back. I'm sure when he sees that Portland really hasn't done anything in free agency of note, he might be like, yeah, dude, this is not what I envisioned. And, and I want to get the hell out of here. Then maybe you can look at making that trade. But if not, like, what, what do you think is a realistic outcome for this? Because we're hearing the Sixers and we've heard all sorts of things. They want four first-round picks, pick swaps, uh, uh, another all-star player. Again, mm-hmm. looking at the value of Simmons around the league, likely not going to get something close to that. But if you're going to get a bunch of future assets, like, do you think Maury and, and El- Elton Brand will look at going that way that, hey, let's get a bunch of future assets, maybe run it, go into the season with Embiid still being obviously our number one guy and, and maybe trying to stay afloat in terms of staying in the top five, six in the East, and then trying to see if there's a superstar available during the season and flipping those assets. Or do you think they're, they'd be better suited trying to land a guy like now before we get into late September when camp begins? So my guess would be that if a top tier star uh, like, Brad Beal or Damian Lillard, to a lesser extent, I think Sixers fans were uh, hoping for a possibility of Zach Levine. Obviously, Chicago has done a lot to uh, improve its win now roster, so I, I don't think he's going anywhere for a while just yet. Um, my guess would be that Daryl would sort of do the step trade thing, where you trade Simmons to just the highest bidder, to whoever's offering the most stuff that could be later repackaged for the guy. Um, the problem with that is you have to package to Embiid that you're trying to win the title. Um, I don't know how game he would be for that. And I don't think that you could trade Simmons. Well, obviously you need for salary sake, you need to take back some money. And I think you need some competent players to come back. Um, and I think Embiid is good enough to keep them afloat, you know, in the first half of the season. And it's a gamble. It's a gamble that somebody becomes available, you know. Um, but that would be my guess because my guess is that Maury is big game hunting and I don't, I just would be surprised to see him do it for CJ or to see him do it for a Brogdon package. You know, I, 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 that, that would seem counter to his sort of, uh, ethos, you know? Yeah. Oh, I'm with you on that too. And I think that like, you can't make this move right now and say, Hey, we're bringing in CJ McCollum. No disrespect to him. I like CJ as a, as a player, but not going to move the needle, right? He's basically a guy coming right. in who's going to be like Tobias Harris in the sense of you can score 20 a game, but he's not a guy you really want to rely on at the end who can take some pressure off of Embiid. He helps, but I don't think that pushes the Sixers any further to being, you know, a championship contender. And they're going to have like Milwaukee. I think, like I said, now they Milwaukee did pick up George Hill, uh, but I think they're going to be worse without PJ Tucker. Uh, the Bucks are, and I also look at the Nets. Mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that they got Patty Mills. I was hoping somehow if the Sixers can try and get in on that, that would have been a good pickup for them. A, a guy who can create and and really stabilize the second unit. So I think Brooklyn might have maybe got a little bit better. They're bringing back Blake Blake Griffin as well. Did lose Jeff Green in free agency, but when when you're looking at this like from from the totality of it all right now, and if you're going to make a prediction, knowing what you know and following the team for as long as you have, where do you, what do you think the chances are between zero and hundred that Simmons does get traded before uh, training camp? 
Oh, I would say uh, 99%. Uh, the 1% would be that uh, there, there's like an unfortunate injury or something like that that happens in the summer that, that you know, takes things off the table for the time being. I, I really, truly believe that there's no way he's back on the team. Okay, so you're 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 hope, not even hoping, but you're anticipating. I would say a move is going to be made in the next, you know, six weeks here or so, six seven weeks. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. I think that we'll see what happens. You brought up Dame. I think that you know, once Team USA is back, uh, I believe that all uh, Portland has done so far is overpay Norm Powell and uh, sign mm-hmm. Tony Snell today. So I, you know, he was very uh, forward about how the roster isn't good enough, and Norm Powell was on the roster. That, that he's talking about. So um, we'll see, you know, he obviously loves Portland and, and, you know, he's a loyal guy. So who knows how quickly that'll move, but I do think that uh, one way or another Simmons gets dealt this summer. So you will wrap up on this. You're looking around the Eastern conference. You, you mentioned the Chicago bulls added uh, Lonzo ball, who we talked about a little bit, added DeMar DeRozan in a sign and trade. Uh, obviously got Nikola Vucevic last year from, from the Orlando magic, looking to build around that core with Zach Levine. What do you think, of what's happened in the Eastern conference. You look at a team like the Miami heat bringing in Kyle Lowry, uh, the Knicks splurged on Evan Fournier, um, you know, didn't, again, didn't really do anything to me that, that moves the needle in terms of climbing up there. But when you're looking around the Eastern conference, is there any team that you look at? Cause the way I, I've looked at it this off season so far has been, you got Milwaukee, you got Brooklyn, maybe as a top two Philly, just a, a shade below there. And, you know, again, with the right moves could absolutely jump up into that upper echelon in the East. But what are the, what about those teams that, that were probably coming into the off season, chasing the Sixers, like, like the heat, like the, like the bulls, like the Knicks. Uh, do you think any of those teams have, have gotten better enough to the point that they'll, they'll surpass the Sixers as things are in the standings? Yeah. You know, I think that um, Miami, if you were to, pencil it out right now and and list the third team in the east my guess is that most people would say Miami given the flux that the Sixers are in um and and what they've added I think that you know Lowry will be great for them I think that you know it's all it's really just like what a heat culture festival it really is right now between him and PJ and uh I'm sure they'll be very good they're gonna have a really good defense they're very old you know like between Lowry and PJ and uh, Jimmy, they're certainly on the other side of 30 there. Obviously, Bam is young. Um, but I think they'll be good. I think they'll be good. They were really hit hard by COVID this year, and uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler especially had it, um, and they had to recover from that. So I, I would think about them. Nobody else that you mentioned I would put above the Sixers uh, with a healthy Embiid at this point. I think Chicago will, will be better, and I would uh, think that they're at least in the play-in. Um, Atlanta, I would, I would still pencil around the, the, you know, fifth or fourth seed somewhere in there. The Knicks, I, they're really banking on some more like repeated big performances from guys like Rose or Alec Burke, um, Julius Randle, like uh, partially I'm thinking that could have been an outlier season for Julius Randle, especially mm-hmm. after the way things went for him in the playoffs. Um, Nerland's Noel, I believe in wholeheartedly and always have. So I, he, I am not worried about, but yeah, I would say that Miami probably has edged ahead of the Sixers as things stand right now. Uh, I would be surprised if this is the same roster we're talking about uh, in October. All right. Final one for you, Steve, quick. Yes or no. Danny green, any chance of him coming back? Yes or no? No, don't think so. That's it. All right. I wish, I wish he's good. And he was very helpful and they'll really have, they need to replace him with a real player, but uh, hopefully they can work out a sign and trade, but yeah, I don't, it doesn't look like 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you too. After the moves that they made now with with Niang as well, and 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 bringing I mean, Drummond not so much, but Niang kind of I think maybe nullifies any chance that they bring Green back. But we're gonna have to see. That's one good thing I, I would say about Daryl Morey. Sure, he never got to uh, you know over the hump in terms of with the Rockets, but he did everything he could to get the team there. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, and he's not he's not hesitant to make the moves. So we'll see what happens over the coming weeks. Uh, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. Again, you can catch us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. You name it, we're all over the place. And of course, check us out at libertyballers.com for all your Sixers needs. That does it for this episode. We'll catch up with you all next time. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.